Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race line. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Red Trail Radio. This is the car cast after USC's obliteration by Notre Dame 4820. Uh, yeah, 4820 uh, at the Notre Dame Stadium in um, South Bend. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Random Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Random Troy. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Email address, reignoftroy at fansetter.com. Phone number, 818-643-7227. Suck it, what's Bruin show. Don't call in too much. You might, you know, completely tank the server, but that's the number, 818-643-7227. As always, I'm your host, Mario Castillo, joined along with my co-host, here in the Reignoftroy studio in Los Angeles, along with my co-host, Elisa Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I didn't see this one going exactly like this. Did you? No, I, 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 I didn't. Right? No, 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 no not at all. No. Um, it may have even been opposite day uh, in uh, I, on the football field. Because- I could see a game in which SC got beat. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. I could like that. That part isn't the shocker. I could see a game in which SC got soundly beaten. Sure. I don't think I would have envisioned this game happening in the way that it did, but it did. SC loses 48, 20, uh, in a game in which, uh, Caleb Williams, the best player in college football did not look like the best player in college football. He threw three interceptions, did not look like himself. The Trojans did not do much on offense. Notre Dame didn't have to do much on offense because their defense 
completely dominated USC's offensive line. And that just won them the game entirely. Uh, 48-20 was the, the final. Um, let's get right into it. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are I'm currently trying to go back in time through the stat sheets to find the last time that USC turned the ball over five times in a game. Ooh, I found it. At Arizona, 2012, a 36 The Marquise Lee game. Loss. The Marquise Lee game, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that, that, that was not a game in which SC had trouble moving the ball on offense, though. No, no. Yeah. Um, I, you're not going to win a game. You're not going to win a rivalry game where your quarterback throws the ball away right. three times in the first half and mm-hmm. you get in a 20-point hole. It's just, you're just, it's just not going to happen. Not yeah. going to happen. Um, so there's that. Uh, that's the first half story. Um, the The first half story to me is very much uh, Caleb Williams making mistakes that he does not make, mm-hmm. that we have not seen him make. These are uncharacteristic. He was forcing it, tossing it up. Uh, and, you know, a good, a good Notre Dame secondary that we knew was a good secondary took advantage. Uh, even if they weren't a good secondary, I do not think any of those interceptions were anything particularly special in terms of, of secondary play. I thought the second one, uh, the, the second one was the, or was it the third one? The, either way, the one where he's rolling to the left, um, and he throws essentially into triple coverage. I thought that was a nice play by the DB. Yeah. No, it was all, still a bad decision to throw yeah, the ball all, there. All decent plays, but, uh, yeah. but, but very, very bad, bad, bad mistakes. There that, nearly were a couple picks that would have been great plays if yeah. they were able to hold on to them. Uh, the, the, yeah. the, it just, it just put USC behind the eight ball. And, right. um, and the reason for those picks are twofold. Number one, Caleb Williams made bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't make those bad decisions, it is a very different game. Those bad decisions stemmed from USC's offensive line being terrible. Um, so on that, like in that sense, if the offensive line was not terrible, then Caleb Williams probably doesn't feel the need to force those throws and doesn't throw the interceptions. So the offensive line certainly plays a role, but we've also seen USC's offensive line um have struggles and put you put Caleb Williams in position where he had to run for his life on every, every single play. And he didn't make those same bad decisions. So this was uncharacteristic uh, across the board. Mm -hmm. I think that when it comes down to it, the game is about the offensive line. Uh, You can point to a million other things that go on. You can point to special teams. You can point to the quarterback. You can point to, uh, the, the the defense giving up the untimely play when they really needed a stop, all of those things, penalties, blah, blah, blah. What it comes down to is the offensive line. And I think that that is maybe why I come into this feeling, into this podcast, into this recording feeling sh- shrug. Um, we knew two things going into the 2023 football season. Uh, well, we knew three things. Number one, if Caleb Williams was playing USC had a chance to win every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, that the defense needed to improve. If USC was actually going to contend for college football playoff, uh, not just to get there, but to win games in the college football playoff. And that the biggest vulnerability on offense was going to be the offensive line because it was a complete rebuild. Bringing back Justin Dietrich was big, 
But when it came down to it, losing Andrew Voorhees, losing Brett Nealon, losing other depth pieces uh, up front, yeah, were uh, was going to be the biggest question for USC coming into this into this that wasn't about the defense. So USC hit the transfer portal. Uh, we liked the additions that they made. We thought they were good additions. Um, and USC learned the hard way, I think, that the transfer portal is also a little bit of a crapshoot and you will hit and you will miss. And the rebuild on the offensive line right now looks like a giant miss across multiple positions. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the story of why USC lost this game because facing the, one of the better defenses that USC will play this year, uh, the, the offensive line was untenable. And I I've said that we've seen Kayla Williams deal with the offensive line, not being uh, on, on board. We've seen him deal with pressure in his face, but I think this was a step beyond the bad offensive line performances that we've seen because it wasn't just like one guy getting beaten. It was three guys getting beaten on every play. Yeah. And you can't, you can't win that way. You can't win that way when your quarterback is put in those positions and then makes the bad decision to not protect the ball. You can't win that way when you don't have any real depth to replace the guys on the offensive line who are making all of the pro who are making all of the mistakes. Um, the one depth piece that you thought you might be able to rely on gets a season any injury in week two or week one. And, uh, and you know, that's sort of, that's where you're at. You're just not going to win games against good defenses when your offensive line is overrun and your quarterback is forced into mistakes and your wide receivers drop the ball and fumble and they commit penalties that put you in first and 20 or first and 25 and second and 20 and second and 25 and all of those things. I think the big surprise from tonight is simply that the defense was by far the best unit on the field for USC. Yeah. If, if you would have been told before the game, SC is going to allow 251 yards of total offense. Uh, would you have taken it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I need to look it up. I want to say that that's the fewest number of yards SC has allowed in a really, really long time. Uh, mind you, part of it is just because Notre Dame has so many short drives. Uh, Notre Dame had one, two, three, four. Um, four? They only had four touchdown drives? Uh, of those four touchdown drives, one of them was more than 50 yards. One of them. Which is why it's, it's one of them was two yards. Uh, two hundred forty-two yards for Colorado in twenty twenty-one was the was the uh, last time that USC held somebody under two fifty. Yeah, yeah, it, it's you know I I put on Twitter on the Rena Troy account that SC is allowed forty-one points because at one point it was forty-one points and then Notre Dame scored uh, another touchdown at the end. Could have scored another one to make it uh, fifty-five if they really wanted to. Um, but, uh, and I said, SC has allowed 41 points to the last three weeks and yet the defense has gotten better in each of those three games. And, and this isn't to say that the defense is, you know, playing, uh, at the level the, at a championship level or any of those things, uh, more so that a, I think that this is a prime example of the inequality of point values from game to game. 
Yes, SC gave up 41 points to Arizona, but the 41 points they gave up to Arizona are not the same 41 points they gave up to Colorado. Yes, Notre Dame scored 48 points on USC tonight. It's not the same 48 points uh, that that you can look at the last two weeks, right? Of those 48 points, there's a uh, special teams touchdown. There's a defensive touchdown. Uh, and there are four, was it four? Three drives of short fields. Uh, three drives of, three touchdown drives of short fields, including a two-yard touchdown drive. It's it's not the same. It's it's not the same. Um, the problem tonight was the offense. And, I you know, this is two weeks in a row where the offense has been the issue. Uh, two weeks in a row, last week we said that Caleb Williams' game against Arizona was the worst we'd ever seen him. Um, no, it's tonight. It was tonight. It was tonight. And then they could not handle the pass rush from Notre Dame at all. Uh, and I think the you talk about the offensive line struggling and the rebuild and all of that stuff. I, I think for me, it's not just the lack of pass protection. It's the lack of run blocking the offensive line has because last year they, we talked about it. They weren't great in pass pro, but they were an elite run blocking offensive line. And all the metrics bared that out. When you looked at things like uh, line yards, when you looked at things like um, opportunity rate, opportunity rate, SC was far and ahead, the best offensive line in the country last year, right? But that's not the case this year. They don't have the offensive line uh, that is at an elite level in run blocking. And that hurts because when you're not able to run the ball as well as being able to throw the ball, um, you know, Caleb Williams can take away a lot of the issues of the pass protection, but there's no Caleb Williams. That's going to take away the issues of the run blocking. And when you can't run the ball effectively, in addition to not being able to throw the ball, everything sort of comes down and crumbles. And, you know, SC ran the ball a ton in this game. It wasn't for a lack of trying to run the football. They ran the ball 37 times. Uh, you know, yeah, obviously there's, you know, 13 of those were Caleb Williams, but this is a game in which they were down the entire game uh, and run runs and passes were an even 50, 50 split. Obviously sacks are included in there. So it's not a completely uh, holistic thing there, but you know what I mean? Like, so it wasn't for a lack of trying to run the ball in this, in this one. You can almost say that SC ran the ball too many times because in the second half when they needed to move the ball quickly, speed things up, yeah. they were still running the ball. And I think for me, the biggest problem in this game is if Caleb Williams is going to have an off night and if he's going to make hor- horrific decisions like he did and the offensive line isn't going to be able to block and put him under duress, sort of compounding things to make the, de- the bad decisions that he made, you need to find a way to subvert that either, either with the running game or with some sort of pass game that subverts the blitz. SC couldn't do it with the run game. Okay, well, then you need to find something. You need to find the screen game. You need to find some sort of different thing going on in offense, and SC just had no answer. They had no answer to make a, a change, make an adjustment there. Uh, to give SC a different mode of attack, because um, there was there was nothing stripping it away to be like, okay, we can't block to save our lives, so then we're going to do this. There, well, there, there wasn't there wasn't an answer there. Okay, so 
I'm seeing a lot of <sighs> overreactions, I will call them, to acting like this is Lincoln Riley's offense being exposed, that this is this is Lincoln Riley being, you know, this is an indictment on Lincoln Riley, blah, 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 whatever. I don't see it because to me, if you have watched football long enough, you you learn one big, big thing. If your offensive line is losing the losing the, the battle in the trenches as badly as USC's offensive line was losing the battle in the trenches, I don't care what offense you run. If you are running I formation, if you are running air raid, you can be running A11, every, every situation. If your offensive line is getting beaten as bad as USC's offensive line was, not just schematically, but like physical beats, there is nothing you can do. I don't know what you can do. I don't know what USC was supposed to do because they were trying to get the ball out quickly and the ball was getting batted down at the line. They were trying to, they, they tried running the ball. It it wasn't working. They tried going outside. It wasn't working. They It started working when they started doing the, the, the slants inside, but you can only do that so long before a linebacker sits on, sits on those. You can't go deep because you don't have enough time for it. You can't go short because dudes are in the backfield immediately. It is really, really that simple. You will not move the ball. You will not score points if your offensive line is getting beat as badly as they were getting beat. And maybe there were areas where USC could have adjusted to deal with that. But at a certain point, you can't adjust to every single offensive lineman from your best to your worst getting worked on every single play mm -hmm. as an individual. I, I don't know what else you are supposed to do if that is what is going on. Now, preparation, absolutely critical. Be, be critical of. Uh, coaching, absolutely be critical of. But to, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what else USC was supposed to do. You roll out and you're just getting met at, with a, with a, a, a guy on the edge. Yeah. You try doing a screen. You're just getting, this is too disciplined, disciplined of a defense to take advantage of, in my opinion, on that front, because USC tried doing trick plays. They tried doing reverses. They tried doing this, that, and the other thing. And Notre Dame was disciplined enough to not get beat by them. Mm -hmm. So you're very, very limited in what you're able to do if you can't win that battle up front. It's just that's like I don't. It's just that simple. I. I yeah, don't know what else I, to say. Like I and you can you can have this be an indictment of Lincoln Riley, and you can, I think, silly go into silly talk about how. Um, about how USC needs a, a new coach or, or wanting him to go to the NFL or, or, you know, complete 180 of like, this is Clay Helton all over again. And you can do all those things if you really want to make yourself that miserable. Um, but when it comes down to it, you lost the battle at the line of scrimmage and every team that loses the battle of the line of scrimmage, most of the time they lose games. Yeah, and I don't know the, what the to problem do. was that they didn't just lose the battle; they lost it really bad. Yeah, the oh, they lost it very right? badly. But like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to do when they couldn't have possibly recruited freshman offensive linemen to come in and fix this offensive line in the time of in the time they've they've lost recruiting battles that they shouldn't have lost. But true freshmen, we're not going to fix this. So you go out into the transfer portal, and we all agree that the transfer portal additions that they made were the right, were, were strong transfer portal additions. So we all agreed that in the off season. 
So then what like okay, if we if if we thought that they did what they what they could on that front and then it comes to the to the game time and those dudes are just not getting the job done and the other guys that USC brought back are not getting the job done. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Uh, either way, the crazy thing for SC here is that uh, the crazy thing in terms of like just sheer irony um, is that you go into a game, you know, not expecting we, we I've talked about it before. Bill Connolly talked about how, you know, literally two weeks ago uh, that SC's offense was the most reliable thing in college football because it was. It was like, it literally was like, you know, Lincoln Riley's offense has been for the last seven years, the most consistent thing in college football, like the most tried and true thing. Um, and then the last two weeks have happened. Um, Caleb, I I've seen, I I've seen things. I saw things on Twitter about like, you know, Caleb Williams's focus is not there. I thoroughly don't buy that, uh, as any sort of excuse. I am starting to wonder if there is some sort of thing with his throwing. Uh, there was a, there was a shot tonight on the camera that was very close onto his hand and looks like his, there was like a, his, his right throwing pinky was heavily taped up. His pinky is heavily. It, taped. it we were having some sort of discussion of like, it's, is it just tape? It's just taped up. Is it, a, is it a splint? Is it what? And you know, I, I think that that could explain some of the throws. Um, maybe the, the, the first interception where he, he wants to throw to Lake McCree who's wide open underneath. And then he just sort of airmails a little lob. Maybe that explains it. Uh, the, the throw last week, earlier, early in the game to Taj Washington out of the backfield where he just five feet away and just, completely misses it maybe that thing explains it it doesn't it doesn't explain the decision making it doesn't explain everything else um i do wonder if maybe that has altered some of the some of the things like play calls i do wonder if it altered maybe la if it was a thing last week too i i don't know of maybe the uh the mess point stuff that we talked about going into this week which was a problem against arizona didn't seem to be an issue tonight where snaps and mesh point plays weren't overly the, uh, the issue tonight. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's either way you have to have an, uh, uh, a, a way to try to find, to, to get out of the hole that you're in. And SC just did not have an answer for any of those things. Defensively, uh, the, the frustrating thing for USC's performance tonight is just the un, timely uh times in which they did allow scores right like um yeah if sc would have been able to pitch a shutout in this game they could have weathered everything but we talked about it in the preview this is a defense that is just going to give up 28 points go into every game expecting that they're going to give up 28 points it's just straight up um and if it's a you know good team it's gonna be 35 if it's a great team it's gonna be 42 whatever it is right that doesn't take into account defensive scores, special teams, penal, uh, touchdowns, all those things. You just end up having to add to that number. Um, and if this is a 20 point, you know, defense, cause that's just how that they, how they are. 
you need to have the offense to outscore them. And SC has had the offense to outscore them, the, the nation's number one scoring offense all year long and all of last year and all those things. So you you can't you can't have both of them at the same time. You can't have the offense struggling this way to match with this defense because it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Because it prevents the the comeback. Um, there were times in this game where SC tried to string together some sort of a semblance of a comeback, and then that's when the the long touchdown pass that Hartman has the big forty six yarder to Tyree for the touchdown is is a backbreaker, right? Yeah, but that's why you know, you know it's very frustrating because USC's defense actually was getting the stops that they needed in this game until that that backbreaker. And that backbreaker is completely expected. I mean, you had your nickel one on one with a with the best, you know, arguably the best wide receiver that Notre Dame has on the field. Um, Jalen Smith, I thought, had a very good game, but the way that this defense operates, uh, they are going to be susceptible to that kind of play if you give the quarterback enough time. And I think that USC's defense, uh, in a few moments, really needed to get to Sam Hartman more quickly. They needed to disrupt him to not give up those plays. But when it comes down to it, the backbreaker penalty, I'm sorry, no, the backbreaker, the backbreaker touchdown that USC gives up is, is like the least of USC's problems. It, it, it's unfortunate. Um, you obviously don't want it to happen. You, you need to not have, figure out ways to not have it happen, but it's like the defense gets stops after that, the offense goes and scores and then they just give up a special teams score. So it was yeah. just, it, it was just always, it was one of those nights for USC. Um, I, I think that the bigger issues that I have right now with this team are a general sense of sloppiness. Uh, the penalties were, were really troublesome. The turnovers were all, from sloppiness, uh, those kinds of things put you in a position, put you in a hole that your defense was never going to be capable of digging you out of. And, you know, like, like you said, like you can't, you can't spot the other team 21 points. You just can't do it. it yeah. It, Especially when you, when you don't have, you know, uh, a de you don't have Michigan's defense, right? Yeah. Michigan's defense, uh, if SC has Michigan's defense, I think there's a way that they win this game, yeah. right? Despite having all those issues on offense. Um, because maybe they force a couple of field goals uh, out of those those short field drives. Maybe they don't give up the, the, the long touchdown or whatever it is, and you're able to claw back. But um, when you have a defense that isn't perfect, you've... you've you got to put up or shut up on, on well, offense and, and he couldn't do it. And the other thing too is, I mean, I know, I know you want, again, you, you want your defense to sort of make those stops, but we also watched USC's offense for the rest of the game. Like why mm -hmm. should I believe that the offense was going to generate the 10 points that they needed? If, if that field, I mean, if that special teams touchdown doesn't happen. Yeah. Like I, I don't know that I have a lot of faith that that's what would have come. I, I, because the performance on offense was, was what it was. It was just straight up bad. And you can't go on the road in a rivalry game and play this poorly and expect to win. I, that's, that's the reality. Um, do I think that the, like, I think the thing that's, that's frustrating is, um, 
it was a bad game. It was a straight up bad game. Does that mean that we need to have everybody turning around and acting like the sky is falling when USC is six and one and lost their, the one non-conference game that we knew that they could lo- that they could lose and um, maybe doesn't have the offensive line that is capable of, of taking USC to the, to the playoff, but like, or the defense for that matter. But um, it, it's, it's just wild to me that the conversations that are being had right now on in the bigger picture about like giving up on the program. Well, I, it, because I, like, because I don't, I don't know. I, I, I it's silly. I it's think your binary conversation that I think is always worth having to. Yes. Of the, if you're not, not winning a national championship, it's a failure. And you know, part of this is because SC breeds this by being a program that expects to compete for national championships, right? Like if, if SC was Arizona, these conversations wouldn't be the same, right? Um, At the same time, I'm a Chelsea fan. Do not like, I think it's a bad thing to be like Chelsea and be known as the school who just, I mean, the, the, the club who just fires managers left and right. Like it's, it's ridiculous. So this idea of like, you know, Comments about like, you can't wait for Lincoln rally to go to the NFL. Oklahoma fans were right. He's a fraud the whole time. I'm like, take a deep breath. I, 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 it was a bad loss in that in which, you know, arguably Lincoln Riley's worst, worst, worst coast night of, of his career and all those things. Yes. Uh, Caleb Williams, worst, worst performance. Yes. This is also not the Clay Helton era. This is like, Take a deep breath. In for four, hold for seven, out for eight. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I and, you know, I, I saw there there was a comment in the chat that Caleb Williams, there's no way that Caleb Williams wins the Heisman now. I think that is categorically wrong. Um, if the offensive line continues to struggle and this is how the offense is for the rest of the season, then yes, obviously that that's, yeah. He's, he's not going to win the Heisman Trophy again. He also this and this happening on the the same day that Michael Penix has his big Heisman moment, not great, right for for the Heisman race. He also plays Michael Penix at home in two three weeks. It, like he has to go on the road to play at Bo Nix. I am not as it stands right now. I'm not saying that SC is going to fare well in those games. But like those games still exist. Those, like there's still, still matter. A ton yeah. of opportunities for SC to still have those have those the, those moments there. Do I do yeah. I think that SC is going to pull them out and all those things? No, but no. like they're there, right? Like yeah. the season is not over. So no, but people are acting like the season is over and that the program is over and that it's the end and it's chaos and it's like we went through. It's I'm I'm very frustrated by this. Just because like, what is it okay for this fan fan base just once, just once, just once to look at a loss and call it a loss and call it a, call a spade a spade. It's a bad loss. These are the reasons that the loss happened without it turning into a, into a panic stations, like uh, broad, stupid, commentary about how 
I hope that Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL or Oklahoma fans were right or anything like, like Lincoln Riley can't possibly win a playoff game or, or anything like that. Like, can it just be that this team isn't, isn't there? Can it just be that this team, this team isn't there? Because to me, that's, what's pretty clear. The offensive line isn't there. The defense isn't there. Those things can be fixed. USC moves forward uh, it, in, right. into well, the future with a head coach that, by the way, has already been to the playoff, which is more than any other head coach that you could go out and get right now. So, you know, you're like, about- I don't know why we need to be talking about moving on from the head coach that USC went out and picked up from a team that had been winning 11 games every year and going to the playoff every other year and moving on from a, from a time when, when the program was clearly at this level and not even sniffing the level that we've even been talking about this year, about whether or not USC, what would it take for USC to be a playoff contender and all of that kind of stuff. And then USC does go out and make the good hire. The one, the, the best hire since Howard Jones, the strongest hire since Howard Jones and USC fans can't go. How many games has Lincoln Riley can't go 20 games without turning around and saying, well, screw this guy. Let's go move on to the next. Well, okay. Who are you going to hire? Tell me who you're going to hire. Who's going to go out and put USC in a position to be any good. Because you know what? If USC didn't go out and get Lincoln Riley, they were going to go, they were going to get Matt Campbell. And before that, if they had fired, uh, uh, if they had made a hire when they should have with, with Clay Helton, they were going to at best do Tom Herman. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't, I just can't with it. I just can't call the game what it was. Let's have a conversation about why USC lost the game. Let's have a conversation about what USC can do to fix the game, to fix the problems in the game, but just leave it at that. Why does it have to turn into a, a, the head coach that everyone agreed was the best hire in college football last year has to get thrown out on his ass and you have to go hire who? I don't know. Fred in the chat saying John McKay was a better hire than Howard Jones. No, what we're talking about is the hire that USC went out and made that wasn't an assistant There's coach. a difference between hire and tenure. Hire and tenure are two different things. Uh, M- McKay's tenure, um, yeah, every bit as good as Howard Jones. They both won national titles. Howard uh, McKay went longer, Yeah. McKay was also just an offensive corner at USC that got promoted from within. Yeah. If SC did that today, people would lose their minds. Yeah. He was because also that's what they did with Clay Helton, he, by the way. He also did nothing in his first year and people would lose their minds. Yeah. But things are different, right? But to, to go back to, okay, how do things move going forward for the Trojans, right? Uh, yes. I think the season is still completely there in play for SC for the rest of the year. If they're able to channel the offensive prowess from earlier in the year. But if they're not, if the last uh, nine quarters is what this offense actually is, then that's a problem because next week Utah is essentially Utah without Cam Rising <laughs> is essentially Notre Dame. Is essentially Notre. It, it's yeah. it's uh, Safeway Select Notre Dame. It's the same thing. Like Kirkland Signature Notre Dame. Like it's a it's a quality off brand of Notre Dame, right? N- like Utah with without. Without Cam Rising is Notre Dame. Yeah. 
But well, U- UCLA, Utah, Utah's uh, run game is not as good as Notre Dame's and Utah's quarterback. No, but their offensive, I mean, like, like their, their, their defensive line is every bit as good, if not better than Notre Dame's is UCLA's UCLA might have the best defense in college football. Uh, and that's still on the schedule. Yeah. Um, we, we saw it today with Oregon and Washington, how Oregon was able to disrupt Michael Penix for a lot of the second half. Uh, Michael Penix was limping you, around you in, in, for part of that game. UCLA also gave up 36 points to Oregon State. I just want to add. So, I don't know. There were there were also a ton of interceptions in that game yeah. from from Dante Moore. That's it was a, it was not too dissimilar from this game. So, yeah. yeah, like it's we we can say that yeah, thing the there is the chance there for SC to put it all together, but the schedule doesn't exactly do them favors going forward. Um and that makes it that makes it difficult. I'm not sure that you know, look at the schedule. I surely probably wouldn't bet on it. But you know what you guys can do? You can join DraftKings. Because right now, if, if you're in, you're, you're, you, maybe you're on the train. Maybe you're headed back to Chicago after this game, after this big loss. You need something to turn you around. Well, DraftKings is right there, and they're running a new promotion that you won't want to miss. New users can place... $5 first bet to instantly claim 200 bucks in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is sign up with our code, Reign of Troy, and using our code, Reign of Troy, not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports the podcast. Have you been considering setting up for DraftKings? Make sure you use the code, Reign of Troy, to maximize those first bets and parlays. Uh, this offer, of course, is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states such as Indiana. Uh, please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description, for the full terms of uh, the offer to see if you qualify. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
accounting, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Um, we got a super chat from Charleston. Thank you. Uh, you guys are saying that we're losing four games. No. I think it's, I, I think it's definitely a possibility. I, I don't, I don't see how it's not. I, I think USC was always, in if the, they play in, like they played tonight, then yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Oh, they're going to lose a lot of games if they play like they play tonight. But right. like I said, like the, the interceptions were uncharacteristic of Caleb Williams. Um, the 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 defense that Notre Dame puts on the field is is uh is a very very good defense that was very, was able to unsettle USC and USC is going to have to look at this and figure out how to to deal with this this level of defense if they're going to go out there but like why can't they do that why can't they do that that you know to to go out and figure out how to uh to, how to better deal with this kind of defense and and go out there and not throw three interceptions and get in a 21 point hole. Yeah. Um it, it it's I get that you can be very frustrated with this performance and this performance you cannot afford to repeat even close to this performance. It was just straight up bad. Um you cannot play this poorly and expect to win any more games this season. Mm-hmm. So you have to have use this as a come to Jesus moment and a and a and assort things out. And if you don't, you will lose games. And that is the reality. But you also, this, this isn't a death sentence. You don't have to look at this and say that USC is going to play this poorly every single week and lose every game from here on out. That's not the way things work. That, Shout out to Dan, by the way, in the chat. Yes. Um, I don't have anything to add to just buying this instead of alcohol. I mean, that helps. That absolutely helps. Yeah. Uh, we did get a, a super chat earlier, by the way, that I missed. Um, that was from uh, Torin in the chat that said, uh, I missed it. It said that we need to use the the NUA uh, index, which we might have to discuss on the next pod. Um, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to explain it right. I, I need the, the right opportunity to explain it. Yeah. Um, and then a big shout out to USMNT442 uh, in the chat for just joining the ROT squad as well. Um not a good game. Not a good day for the uh, national team. Um, getting absolutely uh, obliterated by uh, Julian Nagelsmann's uh, Germany today, too. So yeah, it was a, a rough, rough day. Rough day the, in for sports the, for, for our yeah. household, at least. What the Dodgers do? Oh yeah, they didn't play today. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the plus side. Neither of us have to worry about our baseball teams. Um, di- you know, adding to the disappointment this week. I there, just, I, there you go. I, I just get uh, you know. Big brother disappointment because I just found out who won the veto and no no spoilers no spoilers um, no spoilers yeah <laughs> yeah uh, all right we we got we got questions in the chat so let's uh, let's get to the questions uh, in the chat you've got mail all right Cameron says who or what coach or what unit is to blame on offense I blame the whole offense for the loss I, I yeah, I think well, the, I think everyone on the offense does deserve sort of part of the blame here. You can say that on one hand, the very simple answer is it's the three interceptions to go down in the hole. 
But what caused the three interceptions? Bad decision-making by Caleb Williams. There was the offensive line play that put him under duress. Uh, there was also, I, I think there's been more and more talk about the receivers not taking, I mean, the, I've seen a lot of people upset about how the receivers have played, um, not creating separation and all that. I I have a hard time blaming receivers strictly because I, yeah, I... <laughs> I have, I have. I'm not. I'm not enough of an X's and O's person to say that the the receivers themselves um, are not separating because of something that the receivers doing. I I I'm not that guy to sit here and, and say that I know enough to tell you. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Torin uh, in the chat for another super chat. Said asking Dan if he can uh, if they can borrow Dan's liver. They're, they're um, just speaking through so, super chats yeah, now to I, each other. I, I like I love this. It. Yeah. Um, no, I have, I, the, the receiver thing is interesting. Um, I think it's difficult to blame the receivers for not getting open in a game where if they did get open, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to see them because the offensive line was having the quarterback be on his back immediately. Um, there were a couple moments in this game where I thought that, uh, there were what, what felt to me like coverage sacks, but that's also, you know, having a couple of those every game is something you, you almost have to expect, especially against a good secondary. I don't think that's the issue. That's yeah. not my gripe with the receivers in this game. I do have a gripe with the receivers in this game. Penalties on the receivers, offensive pass interference penalties put USC in first and 25 situations. And USC was having a hard enough time moving the ball. But if you aren't in first and 25, then when you do move the ball, there was one, I, I don't remember if it was a pass interference penalty or what it was, but USC was in like a, a first and 25 or a second and 20 or something like that. And they get a 15 yard play from Zachariah branch. He breaks, he breaks loose for, for 15 yards. That should set you up with a, with a, uh, with a, a first down and you can then keep being on schedule. But instead USC is so far off schedule that even that 15-yard play puts them in a situation where they're in third and five, they get a three or four-yard rush on third down, and then suddenly you're in fourth down. Yeah. And like that's the kind of thing that screws over an offense. It's it's bad enough that your offensive line is getting completely worked to the tune of 11 tackles for loss in this game. But when you also then have mistakes from other position groups, like your wide receivers, just flat out, it's not like a, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's just flat out mistakes from, from the penalty perspective. You are shooting yourself in the foot too many times to get off the hook in terms of that wide receiver group. And then you have Mario Williams fumbling. Like it was, it was, the game was decided by the time that happened, but that's, that's a moment that you can't afford to have in any game. Yeah. And it happens. You have to clean that up. So the wide receivers don't get out of here scot-free, although I think they are the least of USC's worries. Um, to me, it really comes down to the offensive line gave up 11 tackles for loss. Have you ever heard of a team that won a game or came close to a game when their offensive line gave up 11 tackles for loss? No, and by the way, one off the top of my head. No. And by the way, Notre Dame is not a havoc creating defensive front. The most sacks they had going yeah. into this game was two. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's, I, I think that's super telling, um, you know, looking at, looking at SC's lack of production and, and all of that. Um, we did get a super chat from Blue Diamond Jen Jim. Uh, what's Riley's buyout? Don't get me don't don't get mad at me for asking. Hey, if you're gonna troll, at least give us a super chat. So I'll drink to that. Uh, the 
okay, hold on. The uh, what a hundred million dollars, right? So then the the buyout is probably half that at least. If you, realistically, I don't know what it is. And then turn around and go throw it to who? Kirby Smart ain't coming, kids. Kirby Smart ain't coming. And yeah. uh, like jo- Joseph in the chat says, question, why can't USC be Michigan or Penn State? Uh, they can, and that's what coaching does. LR can do it, but Grich can't. History tells that story. USC will not be anything in the I mean, Big Ten till Michigan it's lost the TCU in the, in the, lost, in the playoffs. And look, James Franklin has literally achieved nothing with Penn State. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. Again, the, the the funny thing is the the um, uh, reign of of uh, of state college. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, are they happy with James Franklin? I like I don't I don't know that that's the case. No. Um, yeah, I I I don't know. Uh, let's go to a question that we got from uh, Andy. What are your thoughts on the wide receivers? It seems like they had no separation, but it's hard to tell if Caleb is just reluctant to throw or the rhythm uh, is off with the receivers not getting open. So another point I wanted to make about this is I think it's tough to judge just this game, even though I've seen that criticism about the receivers from like three games now. Uh, so it's not just the Notre Dame game, but, we had talked about it in the preview. Like this was going to be the best set of corners that SC had faced all year. Mm-hmm. The numbers on Notre Dame's, um, you know, pass defense was extremely good. The receivers getting bottled up in this game, in a game in which the defensive line absolutely mauled SC and all those things, I don't think is a crime. But SC struggled to get the separation against Arizona a week ago, right? So it's not just isolated to this game, um, and. Yeah, I I don't know if that's a receivers thing, if that's a schematic thing. I don't know what it is. I know that this is an offense that is predicated on scheming receivers open. They haven't been open nearly as much as they were last year. So but they're also not getting it's it's again, it's it's difficult when the quarterback is having to run for his life and isn't able to scan the field and and find receivers and and give them a chance to go out there and make and make plays and make catches and um, I, I just think, I, again, we would not, we would, I'd be more open to having the conversation about the receivers if Caleb Williams was getting five seconds to throw on every play and he was sitting back there and it was all covered sacks. It wasn't all covered sacks. Yeah. It just wasn't. So yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't great. Um, Tim says, uh, does it seem like the offense is, like the offense is as methodical as it gets, doesn't have a hurry up offense when they need to score quickly. Yeah. I, I think that the, this that is also- one of my frustrations with, with SC today was the lack of urgency in the Oregon, Washington game. It was my pet well, peeve with Oregon. Oregon took forever on that last drive. Yeah. It's, you know, the, 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 the lack of urgency on the final drive last week against Arizona just until the, if, if they didn't have that Marshawn Lloyd long run, I don't know if they would ever gotten into field goal range, given how slow they were going. Yeah. Um, I, I also think a lot of that was Notre Dame. Notre Dame was trying to force USC into being uh, in, into having to be more methodical. I, I do think I more wish, methodical. Yes. But they were also still taking their well, sweet time. I, I wish that there was a, 
there was less time pre-snap being taken and fewer snaps being taken with one second on the play clock right? and yeah. all of that. Uh, so I, I, I certainly wish that process was sped up, but, um, you know, I, I, it's also hard to say because a lot of that process is about reading what the defense is doing and try to then counteract it and being able to make a, a, a change at the line or, or evaluate that way. Like, so I don't want to, I don't want USC, you don't want your offense to be rushing because that can lead to problems of itself. Mm -hmm. But I would like to see more tempo, which is a, a different sort of, uh, sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lamont says, do you feel that the DCs have caught up to Riley's scheme or is this just Helton years, your Helton's years of bad recruiting I finally caught up to us in the transfer portal colonies do so much. I think that offensive line play, the most important thing in an offense is number one quarterback play and not very far behind yeah. is offensive line play. A really great offensive line can make a, a decent quarterback look great. Mm -hmm. And a really good offensive line can, can take a great quarterback and make him look well, uh, like it uh, otherworldly. And yeah. um, when you have not recruited the offensive line well enough and uh, you get into a position where your senior laden offensive line runs out of uh, runs out of eligibility, you and you don't have anybody to replace them with, then you are put into a situation where you are walking a tightrope with transfers. And that's essentially what happened now. The long-term concern right now for, for USC with the offensive line is this staff hasn't recruited the offensive line well enough for the turn. Like that, I, I think that's a perfectly like a very valid criticism is that the 2020, uh, the 2022 uh, recruiting class, that's hard to say because it was just so early, but the 2023 recruiting class needed more juice on the offensive line. And certainly the 2024 recruiting class looks like they're losing the battles on the offensive line. Those things weren't going to make a difference for the 2023 team. At least not a, not a big one, but they will be the difference for 2024, 2025, 2026, that kind of thing. That's certainly a concern. Yeah. Um, thanks for the super oh, yeah. chat to uh, find on MC who says you guys are appreciated. You're fight appreciated on. too. Thank yeah, you. Well, you're all appreciated. Um, LA Fred says, uh, Alicia, just because we all agree that the O-line transfers in were solid, uh, it still never substitutes for good high school recruiting. The staff is getting crushed in high school recruiting except at quarterback. No, I, I would agree, Fred. I, I think that's the biggest concern. Um, but I don't think that is a thing that changes the outcome of this game. That's all I'm saying. Like, this game... Was not, would not have been fixed by USC having, you know, five-star offensive line recruits in 2024. Just makes it more clear that USC needs to really, uh, whatever they're doing in offensive line recruiting, they need to ramp it up. That is, the, that, that is very, very clear to me. There are local offensive line recruits who are in the upper echelon of recruits that USC is not even sniffing a chance with that is a huge, huge problem. But again, that's not gonna, that doesn't help you in 2023 against Notre Dame. 
the offensive line that you have in 2023 is the offensive line that you have in 2023. So you have to, I guess what I'm saying is this. We went into 2023 hopeful of two things. We hoped that the offensive line would be able to keep pace with last year's offensive line because the transfers were going to just be plug and play and it was going to be okay. Maybe a step back, but only a slight step back. We also needed uh, to look at the defense and say that USC's defense needed to get better. And the biggest problem with this team compared to last year is that the offensive line has taken a massive step back and the defense has not gotten better. So when we went into the season looking at USC, we had expectations based on the assumption that those two things would happen. Offensive line would get better, defense would get better. Now, six games into the seven games into the season, it's very clear the offensive line is taking a step back. And it's very clear that at best the defensive line has not the defense has not gotten better. So to me, I'm just adjusting my my expectations of of where I see this team because I went into the season understanding that if those things went wrong, then this is then then things would go wrong for the team. So like it's really simple that those things went wrong, and thus this is the position that USC is in. And it doesn't need to be any deeper than that. I don't know. Lamont says, do you feel like me that with dealing with USC comments this year is seriously taking the joy out of the season for me instead of celebrating Caleb and everything has just become USC bashing just to bash. Lamont, if you listened to me earlier, you know, my frustration, you know, my frustration. I, I just, I just want to be able to talk about a football game where things happened and that we are discussing the football team and why they lost and what things need to get, need to uh, be fixed and all that without it turning into an indictment of bigger picture things that we spent the last five years every single week beating a dead horse about whether or not Clay Hilton was a good enough head coach for USC, beating that dead horse week after 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 week. And now USC has made the proper hire, been bold, been aggressive, and been ambitious. And we are not even, we are halfway through the second season and already every single week is an indictment of week after week after week having to discuss yeah. the bigger, like, I'm just. Yeah, I'm it's. It's, um, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't help that, you know, SC has a night in which they are thoroughly just outclassed and yeah. there's, there's not much to say other than, Hey, uh, yeah, they were thoroughly just outclassed yeah. and dismantled up front. But that, okay. But, I, like, like what is there to say? But that's right? the most frustrating thing about this game. The most frustrating thing about this game is USC was thoroughly outclassed in in terms of like sloppiness and that kind of stuff. But I don't look at this Notre Dame team and think they are impressive. If I'm Notre Dame, I look at this performance and think, oh, oh dear. Our offense couldn't move the ball on USC's defense. Oh dear. I look at like Notre Dame is not going to look back at this game and think like this was a portent of things to come. 
I don't think that this is like, right. that's what's very it's, frustrating because this game was there for the, like it's there's, there's, there's no good reason except for the offensive line uh, being what they are uh, that this game should have been the way that it was. Like there's no reason USC should have been out of this game. This, this could have just been another weird, sloppy, weird, like a weird USC's offensive line gets beat game, but USC has a chance to win it. And USC just shot themselves in the foot so many times that they didn't even give themselves that chance. Yeah. Uh, we, we got a comment from cam life who says, why is Tacky Curtis still starting? He doesn't do anything out there. Uh, he got a tackle for loss somewhat early nice in the point. game. Um, yeah, I, he, we've, we've, we've discussed this plenty over, uh, uh, was, if it was if it was up to you and me, I think the USC starting linebackers would be a three man rotation between uh, Gentry, Lee, and probably Cobb. But even then, I I don't think this uh, this was probably Curtis's best game so far. It, it was it was a game eight of, tackle, six solos, one tackle for loss. I, 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 I don't know to... that there was any, like, this is the thing about the, the, I think it's difficult to talk about the defense in this game is that Notre Dame's offense. Um, I, I we, we talked about all, all week, Notre Dame's statistically Notre Dame's offense was, they looked like world beaters the first four weeks. Um, they were up there with SC, Oregon, Washington, um, among LSU, among the statistically one of the best offenses in the country in the first four weeks then they played all the ranked teams and all those offensive numbers completely just did a 180, right? I I don't think tonight validated that the first four weeks were more like what the the off the Notre Dame offense is. I think tonight validated that they are the offense that we saw against Ohio State and Duke and Louisville. Um and we SC not being a great def- defense themselves couldn't take advantage enough of that. Um, but at the same time, it's difficult to sit here and say that, like, yeah, Tackett Curtis's eight touch, eight tackle performance was like a sign of more things to come, right? Like, you know, next week, I think ne- next week, SC's defense is going to look good against a Utah team uh, that has two backup quarterbacks, and neither one is really taking running away with this with the starting job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think SC's defense can look pretty good in that game does that give you more hope with what they're going to look like on the 4th of November against Michael Penix? No. Well, I, I think what, what I want to see from the defense, what I was encouraged by in this game so frustratingly, because ultimately it did not matter is I want USC's defense to look decent against weaker offenses. Yeah. And they haven't necessarily done that to the degree, like I needed them to do that against ASU because ASU does not have a good offense and USC made that offense look better than it was. Yeah. Um, uh, now, re- reading is fundamental in the chats. Uh, that's the username. Mm-hmm. Um, says when the defense gives up 48 points, you have a problem. They um, did not give up 48 I, I points. think that Mr. Reading is fundamental. It might be a time to take a look at the box score. The defense did not give up 48 points here. They gave um, up two, two, two touchdowns were on drives it, of, of, it was, of less than 10 yards. It was a special teams touchdown. There was a defensive score uh, and there were 
three short fields, including a two yard drive against the defense. Yeah. Um, I am willing to say in the, in the, the worst, like the, okay, take out 14 and it was 34 points that the defense allowed. I mean, sure. I mean, technically, Twenty-seven. I, if you if you if you if you take away the two-yard drive, like I'm giving, I'm you know, giving, I I'm giving the defense three points on the eight-play, forty-six-yard field goal drive in the first quarter. I am giving them. Uh, I will give them the touchdown on the five-play, fifty-yard drive after yeah, the interception, right. just because that wasn't the first two interceptions were two yards and twelve yards out. Um. So I'll that that's that's ten points, and then I will give them the Jalen Smith uh, big play over the top. So that's I, seven. I, I think it's fair to say twenty seven, twenty seven. But what did we say all week? This is a twenty eight point defense. Yeah. This is what they are. If they just if they just keep to that, then USC can win games. The problem is the offense didn't yeah live up to its side of the bargain. It's it's actually like it's wild how clear of a line that USC has drawn in that, in, in that degree. And yeah. part of the problem is that Notre Dame's offense is just, is, is very uninspiring. And I think they proved that in this game, but Utah's offense has been very uninspiring. So all I need from USC's defense in that Utah game is to make an uninspiring Utah offense look uninspiring. You don't even need to like, I'm not even going to expect them to dominate because I am realistic and I'm not, uh, I'm just, I, I don't think you are going to turn, uh, put lipstick on this pig and turn it into something that it's not. But if you make the offenses that are uninspiring look uninspiring, then you will be okay. You need your high powered offense, what should be a high powered offense to, um, to then live up to their end of the bargain. That was the whole that's the whole deal. Um, yeah. USC, no one went into this season thinking yeah. that USC's defense was going to win them football games. Yeah. The only thing you need from USC's defense realistically right now in the context of what of the defensive coordinator and all of the decisions that were made is that they do not lose you football games. And they certainly yeah. did not lose this football game. Uh, Jeff in the chat says Grinch has been terrible for five years now. Stop defending him. He, there's, there's no, there's no defense. Like he should not have been. He should not have been hired. He should not have been. There's no defending given him here. This 2023 I, like, season, I, but just he because, is, just because I'm not sitting here right now and saying that he needs to be tarmacked immediately for giving up 48 points because there was a special teams touchdown in there doesn't mean that I'm de- de- defending him. I think everyone on USC's coaching staff and roster needs to be criticized for a performance like this a a thousand percent over. Like it's, it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. Um, uh, at at the same time, um, when we're talking about just this game, uh, of all the, of all the, the crimes that happened here tonight for the Trojans, uh, defense wasn't a, a top five of them. Uh, it, it just wasn't, um, no. it, it just wasn't when you, when you look at how the performance went down, uh, for, for SC there. Um, let's go to a question from Joey who says that the bad O line play the last few weeks due to, um, 
the transfers uh, not gelling together as a unit, or is it John Hen- uh, Josh Henson's coaching? Well, for these kinds of questions, it's always it's always both. Um, I think that the you can very clearly look at it and say that the transfers have not worked out uh, the way that they uh, that they needed to work out. Where does the responsibility for that ultimately lie? It lies on the coach. This is the same thing why when we talk about USC's defense, you know, we can talk about the individual players and the mistakes that they're making or the missed tackles or the the uh, broken coverage or whatever it is that you talk about. But anytime you're talking about that, you're still going back to, okay, who is responsible for, for getting these guys prepared to play the game? who is responsible for coaching them up, putting them into position to succeed. Yeah. It's the coach. It's Alex Grinch on the defense. So I cannot stand here, sit here and say that USC's offensive line got absolutely worked and that the transfers that USC brought in to plug in, to fix, to, to fill the holes that USC had um, going into the season that were always going to be difficult to fix, but still needed to be fixed. It still has to fall on the offensive line coach for not getting them for one, for bringing in transfers that the evaluation was wrong on, if that's the case, or two, for not putting them in position to succeed, for not coaching them up and getting them ready yeah. to win these battles. So, yes, it is a Josh Henson problem. Um, it is a Alex Grinch problem. And it does rise to a Lincoln Riley problem for all of the bigger problems that 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 come in in this game. Yeah. Uh, I want to run through uh, some quotes tonight from the press conference. Uh, we're going through the um, Twitter accounts from Shotgun Spratling over at USCfootball.com. Uh, USC head coach Lincoln Riley's primary word of his opening statement was disappointed. Lincoln Riley felt that the Trojans were right there until the kickoff return touchdown broke their back. Uh, Lincoln Riley says, uh, we've got to put it together. We've got to put it together fast. Lincoln Riley says, can't wait to get back to the Coliseum and go to battle with this team. Lincoln Riley says, honestly, you lose a turnover battle five to nothing. It doesn't matter what else you do. Lincoln Riley, as as good as uh, our good plays are good enough, but our bad plays are killing us right now. Um, I think that's, I would that say sums up that the defense. That sums up the defense. Uh, uh, as a season, uh, but it sums up the offense in this game too. A thousand percent. It sums yeah. up the offense in this game. Um, yeah, I, I, and, and you know what? I will always go back to fans want to hear coaches say things that coaches are never going to say in post-game press conferences. Sure. Uh, but I, what he said there all rings true. Um, and it all that, yeah, that sounds, that's a, that's a correct assessment of, of the game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think that's going to, I think that's just about it. I think we got most of the questions that were in the chats. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been a long, uh, a long day of football. Uh, the other news in the PAC 12, Oregon and Washington played a magnificent game. Uh, one of the best games of football that you'll ever see. Beautiful game. Uh, the ducks losing on a last second field goal that they missed. Wide right, uh, Michael Penix having a big fourth quarter. Um, great game, I think, for the conference. Great game for the future of the Big 
Big Ten. Um, bad game for USC because the Trojans have both of them on the schedule coming up. Um, uh, and when you look at things like rankings, I, can you see Oregon falling in the rankings? I can't. I, I think they they'll fall because teams that lose always fall. Like Who's just... who below them is moving up? Alabama's moving up. I don't think so. SC's not moving up. Uh, well, SC's not moving up because USC also lost. If USC hadn't lost, I, then uh, I think Oregon's going to stay right where they are. Let me see who else. Who else is undefeated? Uh, I think Oregon's going to stay right where I they are. I think Oregon falls behind Texas. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think they fall much further than that. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. They should be one of the top uh, one-loss teams in. I absolutely. Uh, I, I I would I would put Oregon ahead of Texas. Honestly, yeah, probably. Um, and Washington should probably move up a couple spots. Um, Washington will only move up one spot. They will move up ahead of Penn State, and they sure. will be number six. And that is a that is really unfortunate. Yeah, there's not a lot of room for them to move there's up no until those up. those teams start losing. Yeah. Uh, other news in the Pac-12. Cam uh, rise, uh, um, Rising did not play again um, for Utah. It looks at this point like either he's going to make his debut against SC next week, and this was all of ruse until that happened, which is wild conspiracy brain stuff that I don't think is going to happen. Uh, or like realistically, he's probably needs the red shirt, right? Probably. Uh, if if he has any interest in in like if he's done with college then then there's no point in redshirting and that might be where i don't know where he's at mentally like he might be or might not be if if he's not yeah. done with the college game then yeah he yeah he should come back he should try to come back next year and, and redshirting taking the medical redshirt would uh would do it um uh it's just really uh, it's just so hard to say because they've been flirting with the idea of him being ready every single week this year mm mm-hmm. mhm uh, and, uh, and that might be it, but at the same time, Utah on the road is just so, so predictably not, not, they don't perform well away, away from rice Eccles. So do you risk bringing him back and have him playing a, like an angry USC team? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a question about where USC should fall, where USC should fall. Um, I don't know. Um, I, okay. Would I put, let, let's just go down the list. I do, think USC, do you rank SC above Alabama? No. North Carolina? No. Ole Miss? No. Louisville? No. Oregon State? No. Utah? Uh, coin flip? Uh, is SC better than Duke? USC drops right. at least five spots. It could be more just because the perception of USC is so negative and that game was so bad. Washington um, State will fall out of the polls. Um, UCLA will fall out. Yeah. Uh, Kansas uh, is going to drop out. That's one Arizona the, will hop in. One of the reasons that USC won't fall like crazy far down is because a lot of those teams down like back lost so there's only so many spots to to drop uh notre dame does do do they rank six and two notre dame ahead of of six and one usc that's always funny to me because a lot of voters don't like putting um 
two lost teams ahead of one lost teams, but also a lot of voters don't like putting a team that just beat another team behind them. So right. uh, that's going to be really interesting. It's, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to be somewhere in the late teens. I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame was like 18 and SC was like 19. Something like that. I, I think could make sense. I don't, I don't know. Either either way, um, SC's a weird team to rank right now because yeah. – uh, what team are you getting? Are you getting the team that played against Notre Dame? Because that team is not a ranked team. Uh, if you're getting the team that that uh, we saw in the first half of the Colorado game, that's a top five team in the country. I, what team are you getting? I don't know. You got to play 60 minutes. So hard to say that one, you know, the, the great first halves against Colorado and, and Stanford uh, are everything because those aren't, those aren't 60 minutes. Uh, for a whole game those are two halves so yeah uh i don't know we'll be we'll we'll see on monday what happens with the rankings um also monday we'll get the time for the cal game which is coming up in a couple of weeks um and then uh that'll be that so we'll be back monday to talk more about usc and notre dame just what more sc fans want more talk about a game in which sc gets absolutely blown the hell out uh but here we go uh we'll be back monday uh, as always, you can give us your calls uh, 818-643-7227. Email address randomtryfanside.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.